Hashtag you don't have to be Jewish. So we move on because, you know, I talk about inspiration and I, I talk about Bev having this amazing ability to face this time after time cancer journey over 10 years and always running and doing things and literally running in marathons. Well, our next guest is also an incredibly inspirational person. He has um, connected in from the UK. He lived in South Africa for a very short period of time. And boy, did he achieve a huge, huge, huge dream um, this year, just this year, on the 11th of June when he completed the Comrades Marathon. He is a cancer survivor. And wow, he's, does he have a story to share? Paul, uh, to share. Paul Hussey um, is on the, as I said, on the call from the UK. Paul, welcome and thank you so very much for joining us. Greetings, Nikki. Thank you so much for having me on your show. Glad to be here. Oh, Paul, you know, when I read your story, I thought, what a beautiful, wonderful, hopeful story. Because that wasn't your story if we go back to 2014. You had just moved to South Africa and you felt terribly ill, Paul. I did, yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't know what was wrong with me, actually, at the time. And um, I had just... I was getting my work permit in place and all of that kind of stuff. Um, so I hadn't got health insurance in place at that time. So I ended up in Addington Hospital, public hospital in Durban, um, where I just deteriorated. They weren't able to diagnose me at that time and possibly thought it could be non-pulmonary tuberculosis. So I was on that medication as well, which if anyone's ever taken that, that is not uh, (laughs) pleasant, taking the tuberculosis medicine on top of everything uh, as I had. But in the end, yeah, it wasn't tuberculosis. I ended up with lymphoma, blood cancer. Um, And by the time I was actually diagnosed, when I got to St. Augustine's Hospital, uh, when I got transferred after suffering kidney failure as well, um, then I was diagnosed with stage 4B, yeah, lymphoma. So I was literally riddled with the thing. I was end stage. I had cachexia, muscle wasting disease. So yeah, I was right. <laughs> I suffered a wow. lot to get to that place, you know, to get to that wow. place was, you know, I went through, you know, levels of pain that I didn't think it was possible for a human to endure. So, um, you know, yeah, I really did go through it at that time, yeah. And Paul, that must have been so hard, being so ill and far from home because you'd really just come to South Africa. Um, yeah. And so I'm, I'm sure you had contacts here, but really to be I far had from my, home. Uh, to, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, I was with my wife at the time. I mean, my ex-wife was with my wife and, you know, um, our two kids um, at that time. So they were there helping support support me. And she was great at the time as well, did a lot to to help me. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it was it was a tough time. But in a funny thing, it's only when you get pushed to the to, you know, to your limits, do you find maybe what you are capable of? So in a funny mm. way, I um having to face that. That realization, you know, what was happening to me, kind of understanding at some point during that journey, um, that really what was happening to me was that I was going through the process of dying. And I, I, I kind of, uh, when, when that happened, you know, funnily enough, I didn't really feel fear. Um, not intentionally, it just, you know, just wasn't there. And I, I think from that, that was a bit of a turning point for me, you know, when I, that acceptance, if this is what it is, 
then I accept it. I, you know, I'm going to, you know, I, I really, you know, my kids are quite young, so I don't want to leave now. But if, if, if it is, then I accept it. But at the same time, I can't. I can't leave because of my kids. I can't. But if I have to, I accept it. So it was those two opposing things and I just found a, a strength. Wow. Internal wow. strength that I didn't know I had. Yeah. You know, what you're saying is so powerful because as you say, we don't know what, what we are made of. No. Um, the strength, no. the resilience until we are pushed. And very often it's only when we're pushed that we're able to rise above and find this. And for you to, as you say, mm-hmm. not fear death, but rather focusing on you want to live and you're just in the moment getting through what you can. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. well, well, that kind of put you in the position to do what you did in June this year. So we're going to, we're going to take a quick break, Paul, but I really sure. want to, you know, just, and thank you for sharing that so beautifully because we fear so much and we don't mm-hmm. think we'll be able to face mm-hmm. what life gives mm-hmm. us. And I think that mm-hmm. you, you've put that so beautifully that but when we have to, we do. And, and yeah, Paul, let's take a break and then let's start talking about this running career. Like I want to know, did yeah. you run before you came to South Africa or is this, you know, only the dream, as you said, when you were sitting at the airport and you saw all these people arriving for the Comrades Marathon or leaving? Um, stay with us, Paul. We're going to be right back. Hi, FM, your station of choice since 2008. Welcome back to the show. We have such a fabulous uh, cancer survivor on the show today, Paul Hussey, who's called in from the UK, sharing a story how in 2014 he moved to South Africa with his wife and his two young children. He hadn't even really signed up for medical insurance when he was diagnosed. He felt terribly ill and he was diagnosed. First of all, he had renal failure and stage four lymphoma. Um, and he was so ill. Um, he talks about being so skinny, losing muscle, losing weight, um, and having to return to the UK, um, for his treatment, but realizing, you know, that he, that, you know, he was dying and, um, and just finding this inner strength. And, and Paul, you were, when you were at the airport, were people arriving for the, the Comrades Marathon or had they already run? They did, no, they'd already run. It was the very next day. It was June the 2nd, 2014, and Comrades was on June the 1st that day, Sunday. So it was the Monday. I was in the airport in a wheelchair. I couldn't walk. And, you know, it just seemed to be everybody else, and they seemed to be <laughs> Comrades athletes with their medals on, you know. Um, but actually, it goes. my story with Comrades goes a little bit before that because I first ran, ran my first marathon in 2012, and it was the London Marathon, which is an, another iconic marathon. And um, wow. I hadn't quite trained enough, and I got a bit too confident at about halfway through and sped up a little bit because I was feeling good and paid the price, you know, like two-thirds of the way in. I just absolutely wanted to collapse, hit the wall, couldn't go on. There was no way I could continue, but I was in the marathon. It was an event. I was far from the finish line. There's all these people here. Stopping is not an option. I'm not going to stop. So I just somehow managed to, to continue. As soon as I finished, I could not walk. But that experience in the London Marathon 2012, I think that was training for cancer because that gave me the endurance, the endurance to, to withstand, you know, and there's a similarity there. And, mm-hmm. uh, then I, soon after that, I visited before, 
moving here, I visited South Africa in 2012 briefly, and it was around about the time of comrades. And, and I saw comrades happening and all the excitement. And I, I thought, I've just run the London Marathon. This is, you know, and I earmarked 2014 as the year that I would want to do comrades. So it happened in 2014 that I was in the wheelchair at the airport with all these athletes. And I made a vow in that moment. I said, no, I should have been amongst this lot here. That should have been, that's my, you know, the place where I belong. Um, and I'm going to come back and do it. And, um, yeah, it took me nine years. I did try in previous years, but due to, you know, not being quite ready enough, running injuries, COVID and all the rest of it. But finally, you know, it has really been at the back of my mind all of these years and, you know, it's never been far away from my mind, uh, comrade. So yeah, fi- so happy <laughs> to finally achieve that uh, huge dream of mine. Wow. Yeah. What a magnificent, what a huge achievement, Paul. But I want to go, I want to come into your mind because I, I love how you express yourself and I really do love how you think and I, and I love that you can share it with our audience. Thank when you. you were, you know, you'd, you'd, so you'd had this history, you'd run this London marathon where it nearly destroyed you, but you had persevered. Yeah. You say it had prepared you for this huge cancer uphill, this climb. Um, mm-hmm. and then you, you, you made a commitment to yourself. I will be back and I am going to run the marathon. You couldn't yeah. walk. You were no, stage four no. lymphoma. The prognosis was not looking good. And yet this was a promise that you made to yourself. And I want to know, climbing into your mind, do you think you were just raw, raw, building yourself up, trying to make yourself feel better? Or was this something that you felt deep within yourself, that this was something you were going to do? Yeah, I mean, on on lots of levels, I think, uh, you know, even on a a level beyond... Beyond ourselves, we receive, often receive information and think it's our idea, but it's coming from <laughs> maybe from a spiritual source, perhaps. But, you know, on, on many levels, I just knew that, you know, the, the strength, you know, running was the thing that was going to, you know, I knew that I needed to get my immune system up once, if, you know, once I recover, once I've been through treatment, as soon as treatment's over, um, you know, I need to get my immune system up and running is the way I'm going to do it. You know, one of the ways I'm going to do it, and that was my recovery. Uh, I knew that I needed to be strong and fit and healthy. Didn't accept the fact that I wouldn't be. It was one way or another. Either I'm going to be fit and healthy, or if this is the end of me, then I accept it, but I'm not going to fear it. Wow. You know? Wow. And what was the treatment like for you, Paul? Yeah, I mean, it was, it was actually for, for me, when I had the chemo, I started to feel a bit better. Everyone, you know, because I was feeling so bad before that the chemo did actually start to work on shrinking the tumours, and I had so many tumours, and it and it did actually work with the the, the um, chemotherapy I was having. So, although you know chemotherapy is famous for you know making you feel very ill, that type of illness it was giving me was you know less than the pain I was fearing uh, feeling from the actual cancer. So. I started to feel positive, you know, I'd already faced my worst fear, what's the worst that can happen, and uh, I actually had, I have to tell you, Nikki, um, there's more to it, to it as well, because I started, when I was so ill, in Addington Hospital and in St. Augustine's Hospital in Durban, and carried on in England, I started to have experiences in a different, in another reality, you know, I can only see this more of a, a realer reality, prime, primary reality, might just be my subconscious, I accept that, 
But either way, mm. it had a great effect on me where I believed that, you know, spiritually I was being given a new clean body. You know, I believed that I was going to be healed. It was like deep conviction inside me. So I knew it was possible that I might not make make it out, but I just kind of, that was overridden by this deep, deep belief in me that, yeah, no, I'm going to get back from this. Oh, that's extraordinary, Paul, this this overriding faith, as you say, this belief. That's, yeah. That's just, that's, yeah. just, that's just unbelievable, Paul. And so, as you say, injury and then COVID, but you still had this dream, you were still working towards the goal. Yeah. And you return 2023 in June to finally fulfill this dream to, you know, climb your Everest, so to speak. But not yeah. just for you. You decided to turn it into a fundraiser as well, Paul. That's right. Yeah. Because uh, when I was at Addington Hospital uh, and I s- suffered kidney failure and um, I needed to have kind of dialysis to try and get my kidneys functioning again. Um, and I started just swelling up. I was right. You know, if I didn't get transferred to St. Augustine's and get the right kind of dialysis, which did kickstart my kidneys. Yeah, that I was right at the edge of life and death at that point. But um, at Addington, they have all the dialysis machines for if you have diabetes and that. But if you get acute kidney failure from uh, an, another thing like cancer, um, then you need a different type of dialysis. And they didn't have the right machine a a portable reverse osmosis machine to be able to give me that kind of dialysis. So I've now raised enough money with my campaign um, to get that machine um, for Addington. Yeah. Yeah. And Netcare (laughs) Netcare Hospital made a good donation and also Comrades uh, Marathon Foundation made a a nice donation to my campaign. And my campaign is still open. I haven't closed it yet. So I'm still accepting donations um, to just try and raise as much money as I can for Addington for the reverse osmosis machine. Uh, we bought a years of maintenance to go with it as well. And um, if there's any money left over, we're going to get some other things for Addington as well. Yeah. So, so, so this really is a happy. public hospital, a public hospital that desperately needs it. And you have single-handedly, <laughs> obviously with all the help around you, you yeah. have been able to buy this dialysis machine for the hospital. I mean, yeah. Really, Paul, it's quite unbelievable. So people who are listening and who are as inspired as I am, it's, what, is it Becker Buddy? How, how are people able to? Um, uh, we have, uh, in the UK, we have, um, we have a, a website called JustGiving, JustGiving.com. JustGiving. Um, JustGiving.com. That's the one we use in the UK. Yeah. And, um, you can find me on there, Paul Hussey, um, raising money to buy a, a dialysis machine for Addington Hospital. Yeah. Here in, in Durban, in KwaZulu in Natal, Durban. hey? That's it, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's amazing. So how, how was the marathon? What was that like? Yeah, I mean, really good. I mean, um, I had a little injury beforehand and I wasn't sure if, it, if my leg was going to, I thought it would collapse. So I had so many things leading up to it that I didn't think I'd be able to uh, com- complete it. When I started going, I, I ended up, um, after a few kilometers, I just joined, um, the 12 hour bus, which was, um, led by Mackie, who was, um, I think she featured on that comrades documentary. So that was really great. And then, you know, I just joined that bus with that group of runners. And, um, so, you know, I just kept pace with them. They know, tell, tell you when to walk, when to run. And, uh, yeah, that just really worked for me. Um, you're just thinking about running in a group of runners and all the politics around that. 
And then before you know it, there we are. Yeah, so I mean, it was great. I felt a little bit <laughs> before like... Before you um, know it. <laughs> I felt a little bit like, okay, you know, because I know about endurance and, you know, that thing. It, it, it's, it's also about finding your edges, coming into the fullness of who you are. You need to, like a balloon, you need to fill it up, fill, go closer to your edges. You know, mm. how much am I? How much can I endure? And uh, I thought that even in comrades... I, d- I was within myself, you know, I was just not disappointed, <laughs> but I was kind of like, okay, I didn't need, think I, I didn't need to dig as deep as I thought I would have to, to do it. So, um, I'm quite, quite surprised. So, uh, yeah, I'm looking for some new challenges now to try and find my edges. How find far do I edges. go? I don't know. <laughs> oh, you know, I love that. I, I started, I started swimming, Paul. I decided mm. I was going to swim through winter. Um, and so when you say, how far do I go and finding the edges? I, I, I think for the first time in my life, I get what you're saying. And mm, there's something mm. about finding your edges. There's something mm. about pushing yourself that you get to mm. see what mm. you can do. And, Definitely. um, it's quite, mm. an, it's, it's quite an extraordinary experience. You meet a part of yourself. Well, certainly I have, cause I've always been, you know, staying within a comfort zone. So mm, I get mm. what you're saying. I do get what you're saying. So Paul, if, if I had to look at Paul Hussey before mm-hmm. 2014 coming to South yeah. Africa and falling so ill and the Paul Hussey who crossed the line at the Comrades Marathon in June 23, who was the Paul before the Paul after? Like what, what, what would you say you've, you've taken from this experience thus far? I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, it was such a tragedy at the time and like obviously the most terrible thing, but where I am now, I can honestly look back and say the cancer was the best thing that ever happened to me in my life. I mean, as strange as and as crazy as that sounds, but it is because it allowed me to sort become myself, allowed me to become more myself and to find out who I am, come into the fullness mm. of myself and you know, also it's a, a, it's an opportunity to reassess everything. My life was a mess before then. My life was a mess and I've managed to, you know, I mean, life is never going to be easy for any of us. I don't think it's always going to throw up challenges and that's the point. But that's my view of it now is that challenges make me stronger. I'm always ready for, and I know that there's always going to be more that are thrown up in front of me. Um, but yeah, I feel I've got the, the, the more challenges I get, the more stronger I get. Where are my edges? How far can I go? I don't know. I love that. Where are my edges? How far can I go? I don't know. Well, it's been so inspirational chatting with you, um, Paul. Thank you, uh, I've really enjoyed it. And I'm sure there's so many people who are listening right now that you've given them some glimmer, hope, inspiration. And um, I hope that we'll have you on the show again. It's just been an absolute Lovely. Time. Any time. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Take care, Paul. Thank you. Go Wonderful well. Okay, Bye, you too. Paul. Bye. Wow, what a story. So, so ill that he thought he was dying in 2014, having this, making this commitment and this promise to himself to return and run the Comrades Marathon, which is what he did on the 11th of June. He completed it. And not only that, he did it in 11 hours, 48 minutes. And not only that, but he, he came back and he raised funds to buy a dialysis machine for one of the public hospitals in Pretoria. I mean, I don't know about you, but I just feel this expansion in my heart because 
Paul's story has helped me have access and touch this this part of ourselves that, as Paul says, only when we really have to dig deep do we touch that part. What are his words? And I love it. Come to the edges. Come to the edges. How far do I go? I don't know. Beautifully inspiring.